Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our podcast studio, Aida Rogers. And by the way, we always joke we're cousins, but <laughs> we're no relation. Um, Aida is a writer and editor whose feature journalism has won national and regional awards. She has worked in newspapers, television, and magazines, and has co-authored Stop Where the Parking Lot's Full, a guidebook to South Carolina's favorite restaurants. And she also edited State of the Heart, South Carolina Writers and the Places They Love, published by the University of South Carolina Press. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So before we get into some of your writing projects, if you could talk a little bit kind of about your literary background and how you first knew you wanted to go into journalism. Well, I think a lot of this has to do with what I like to do and what I cannot do and what I can't seem to do is math. So That's hard for a lot of people. Yes, and I just learned there's this thing called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, dyscalculia or dyscalculia. Okay, it's like, like the opposite of dyslexia. That's exactly okay. what it is. And I was reading uh, an essay by Pam Durban who contributed to uh, volume two of State of the Heart. It won a prize recently, but it was about somebody struggling with math problems, those Uh word problems, Uh and her father trying to teach her and her inability to grasp it. All that's my way of saying, because I'm much better with words than Uh numbers, I knew I needed to go into something with words. Yeah, and that makes sense. And, um, And you, where did you go to school? Uh, I'm from Lexington, so I went to Lexington High School, and then I went to the University of South Carolina. Okay, and the journalism school. That's right. Okay, very cool. Um, So how did you get into the writing side, you know, because you've, you've kind of morphed into editing books, and so how does that transfer from, like, journalism into you know, all of these these wonderful things that you've edited. It's called trying to make a living <laughs> in the 21st century when you have a journalism degree. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, a flaw I have is that I get bored quickly, mm-hmm. and I think this is true of a lot of people who major in journalism or maybe even library science because mm-hmm. I think I might have gone in that direction uh-huh. if I had thought about it. I actually find writing difficult, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's because the kind of writing I've done has been based on what other people tell me. I interview people, and then Mm -hmm. I have to research different things and then put it all together. So Mm -hmm. it's a, uh, it can be tedious and methodical. But that's still a journalistic kind of approach, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And so um, the whole state of the heart series started out when I fell in love with a series of columns in Smithsonian Magazine, Mm. uh, the title of which was My Kind of Town. Mm -hmm. And in that series, a different writer from a different city in the country would write five or six pages about the city or town or tiny community in which he or she lived. Mm -hmm. And I I was just, um, every time my Smithsonian came, I would immediately turn to that Mm -hmm. feature and Mm -hmm. read it. And so I thought to myself, well, now, wouldn't it be interesting if we took this idea and made it a little more intimate? Mm -hmm. What if, instead of writing about a town, a writer would write about a place in the town? And in my head, I'm always thinking, because I'm a girl who was single a long time, where where do you go when the love of your life dumps you? Mm -hmm. You know, it seems to me like you would go 
you'd have to go somewhere to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where do you go to recharge? And well, it's like, get, you know, in, in the movies, you see, you know, like what you just described, someone, oh, you can find them at the baseball park or you can find them down at the quarry, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Or if you build it, they will come. Uh-huh. And, and in a sense, that's what this uh, series of Stay of the Heart books became. I went to USC Press with this idea mm-hmm. and started soliciting writers, many of whom did not know me and didn't respond Mm -hmm. the first time Mm -hmm. but uh, volume two worked out pretty well with Pat Conroy Mm -hmm. uh, writing the forward thanks Mm -hmm. to Jonathan Haupt at Mm -hmm. USC Press Mm -hmm. who was able to bring him on to do that very cool and great and who are some of the authors if you can just kind of highlight um, and some of the places that they've written about Oh, so many wonderful ones. In, in volume two, Christopher Dickey, who was uh, with the Daily Beast in Paris, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will know his father, James Dickey, mm-hmm. but uh, Chris is a novelist in his own right and a journalist, and um, he wrote about the place where his parents are buried oh, wow. on Pauly's Island, mm-hmm. and it's that um, historic cemetery where Alice the ghost is supposedly uh, buried, although that's okay. not really right. Alice, <laughs> as Sister Peter can tell me it's a different Alice. Uh-huh. But he, he just wrote this beautiful, not long piece about what would it be like to be lying there and the um, branches are falling down and the moon is in the sky. And he writes about Orion and how Orion is home from the hunt. Uh, with his father Mm. and it's and and Josephine Humphreys who lives on Sullivan's Island wrote so wonderfully about what Sullivan's Island used to be like when Mm. she was a little girl Mm -hmm. and how it's changed so much but how she still loves it Mm -hmm. even though it has changed. Mm -hmm. Well how did the series title come about because usually there's kind of a story behind every book title so how did did the did you as University Press decide on that? or No, I, I came up with that, and I think I was driving. I had a whole lot of different unappealing titles, and uh, somehow that came to me, State of the Heart, and that's the one that Jonathan immediately uh, perked up mm-hmm. with. So we just went with that, and sometimes I worried that that title sounds like it's going to be a really uh, sentimental sappy bunch of stuff inside and, and it's not I just uh-huh. want to tell everybody out there it's not uh-huh. um, there's a lot of crisp wonderful writing in there uh-huh. but it's what's worked and it's what has given um, it, I think it's helped the design department at USC Press to come up with a good cover design they yeah. could incorporate a heart uh-huh. exactly. which has really <laughs> been uh, one of the best parts of the whole process for me is mm-hmm. to just wait for that surprise mm-hmm. to and, see what they would get and when were they published uh, the first one came out in uh, 2013 mm-hmm. and then volume two in 2015 and volume three last year so that was 2018 and how many, how, well, you may not know this off the top of your head, but how many total authors or how many authors in each one 
have contributed? Well, well, Curtis, because I have counted this <laughs> last year because I'm making some presentations about what is in these books. And uh-huh. so. Well, the, you know, I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I wrote it down and brought it. 108 writers. Wow. And I think that does not include me because That's I include an introduction that I write. 108 well, and, writers. And, and there are 108 more out there. Yeah. There are so many good writers, and it was. A heartbreaking thing not to be able to ask all the ones right. I know right there are so many good ones out there mm-hmm. so um, hmm. that's that's a good problem to have I, I guess it is a good problem to have my, my little line is South Carolina is known as a poor state mm-hmm. but we're not poor in writers that's true you know and we're also not poor in libraries we no have, we have some great libraries around the state and yeah it's like a lot of people have that idea of, you know, a backwoodsy, real southern drawl kind of place, <laughs> you know, where everything is slow. And there is some of that, but, um, you know, it really adds to the character. But when you think literarily about the state, it's so rich. And it's nonstop, mm-hmm. and it's on and on. One of the things I liked so much about this series of books is that it highlighted a lot of different kinds of writers. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of food writers. Natalie Dupree mm-hmm. wrote something in the first book. We've had historians, Walter Edgar and um, John Hammond Moore uh, have written, and uh, we've had sports writers. I think sports writers can be some of the best writers. Ken Berger, Billy Deal. Billy Deal wrote about um, Carolina, uh, the USC basketball team when Frank McGuire was mm, coaching. Mm-hmm. And I was a little girl at the time, but I remember all that excitement and fever. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. was wonderful that he, who was a sports writer, young sports writer at the time, was remembering those days, and he called it uh, Camelot was how he described uh-huh, uh-huh. that basketball team back Very then. Neat. What about poetry? Do you have any poets? Uh, yes. Uh, Marjorie Wentworth uh, wrote the foreword for Volume 2, and she actually wrote a piece in Volume 1. Uh, volume 2 includes her um, and she's One our River, State One poet laureate. State Poet mm-hmm. Laureate, uh, Diane Johnson, uh, who goes by Dinah Johnson, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she wrote a piece for volume one, and then in volume three, she wrote a poem uh, to go along with this adorable photo of these children on Sandy Island, Mm. which came from the Brook Green Gardens archives and library. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we've had several poets. That's very neat. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your process? Because obviously you've done this three times. You've done some other projects, one of which we're going to talk about shortly. But what is your process for doing this kind of a project? Um, I like to leave myself open to whatever these professionals will send. Mm-hmm. I consider it opening presence when their stories arrive. Oh, that's, most, a, that's a really neat way yeah, to put it. Yeah, most most of them come by email, but there have been some people who sent old-fashioned hard copy, which mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with, mm-hmm. and I've saved those letters. I but, find it's a lot easier to get out a red ink pen. and you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, When it's something printed out, you know. <laughs> you can see things. Yeah. Somehow you can see things better. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, But I think my process is just separate files of each separate writer, and then I organize their their material according to content. Mm. Like it just magically happens that some writers will write about a road, Mm -hmm. a certain road uh, 
through a certain part of the state. Some of them, uh, you could always find writers who would write about a beautiful, tranquil, natural place. Mm. And I would put all the those in the same section in a book. Some mm-hmm. wrote about restaurants. Um, I loved one piece of, about a hot dog place in Greenville. You know, yeah. <laughs> some, you, ne- you never know what people will love. Exactly. Uh, Dino Trachus in, uh, in Wofford, at Wofford wrote about Panera Bread there. (laughs) And how obvious is Panera Bread, except when Dino writes about it, he talks about how he goes to this booth and he looks out this window, and Mm -hmm. out that window are are the graves of his four grandparents from Greece. Oh, wow. And how he's always inspired to write haiku there, which he's famous for. So the, the real beauty of the whole project has been you give them this assignment mm-hmm. and let's see what what comes back mm-hmm. and it's just been a joy how do you go about organizing what uh is in each volume i i just wait to see what comes back that's when it becomes my job as right the editor. They, yeah because yeah. do you group them a certain way or by, by content mm-hmm. you know like i said so if they write some some have written by roads uh have, and I don't ask them to do that. A couple mm-hmm. of the sports writers, they wrote about arenas. Um, it seems like people like to write about small t- the small towns they oh, come yeah, from. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Marion Wright Edelman wrote this beautiful piece about growing up in Bennettsville oh, when it yeah. was segregated like uh-huh. that. And, yeah, yeah. And speaking of libraries, I think in her first paragraph she talks about how thrilled she is that now the library It's in the Marion Wright Edelman That's right. Library. Yeah. Open to all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, those kind of things are so important. Yeah. They really yeah. are. Um, tell us a little bit about the cover art. Um, how was how was all that determined? Well, it was determined without me, and, <laughs> and, and that is really okay. I had a lot of romantic, um, <laughs> uh, very old-fashioned ideas about how the whole thing would work. I somehow thought I would get the book, the proofs, in the mail, hard copy wrapped in brown paper with string. Yeah, <laughs> as, it, they, <laughs> as they did in the 70s, and, you know. <laughs> but it came online, and uh, I thought that I might be asked to um, to see what the cover was, but mm-hmm. I, they probably, they don't do that, and I never did ask why, but um, Pat Callahan is the design manager mm-hmm. at USC Press, and and she's pretty brilliant. I remember thinking, I don't know what they're going to do. And in my in my head, for volume one, I thought, well, they're going to take a lot of the photographs from inside and just do some kind of collage. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I mean, that I'm not sure how eye-catching that would be because the nature of these stories, many of them are historic. Right. Because they're writing about their memories of a certain place, mm-hmm. people who were in, in that place. So this first cover is this background shot of this yellow country house. Mm -hmm. And then there's a red heart uh, clipped by a um, clothesline pin Mm -hmm. in front of it. And I saw that on the computer. I I just checked. It it is memorable. I mean, you know, when I think of State of the Heart, I think of that cover image. Yeah, that red heart. And Mm -hmm. it's got a palmetto. The little crescent. The crescent Mm -hmm. sliced out of it. And it sort of conveys that it's a book about home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that you love it. Yeah. And even though it's homey and you love it does not mean the writing is not sophisticated. Mm -hmm. It's genuine, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, what I was going for. Mm -hmm. 
I'm kind of over the superficiality uh-huh. of the world. I'm tired of image being more important than uh-huh. anything else. Uh-huh. And I think this book, um, this book is a celebration of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, it's really such a great addition to um, our our literary heritage in South Carolina to be able to have these kinds of um, you know they're just all in one place, and and you can see what each writer is is talking about. Um, and on the other uh, another cover, there's like Riverstones. That's right, Volume Three. And I need to say the photographer is Larry Cameron, who's very well known, talented photographer from Florence, originally living in Columbia now. And uh, it's a river rock that Pat Callahan, the designer, gave him, and he put it in. Um, Oconee State Park and okay. the water there. I was going to say State it Park. looks very upstate. <laughs> you know what? I'm wrong. It's not Oconee. It's Table Rock. Table Rock State Park. It still looks very upstate. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. And so each of the covers and so uh, volume two is obviously coastal because it's uh, hearts in a sea, sea in a sea glass arrangement hanging. Um, in front of a screen porch mm-hmm. and the sand dollar. Right, sand dollar on the bottom, and I, I just know because uh, we have a weekend place there. This is McClellanville, mm-hmm. and so there's a dock uh, going out back. So I've, I've really been so, and I sit there and I pretend I'm a parent, and I go, okay, which one do I like best? Which one do I like best? <laughs> which like, is your most favorite? Which is your least favorite? <laughs> and, 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 and they all are just wonderful, and they all stand alone. And I kind of think of it as... 108 writers, and this is our gift to the state. Mm-hmm. What are some of the kind of presentations um, that you've done across the state? Mainly they're uh, panel uh, presentations. If I'm invited to Charleston or Greenville, some of the writers who have uh, who are up there who've contributed, they join me and we just have a big old chat and I've gotten kind of high tech and I now do a PowerPoint mm-hmm. with photographs and artwork. There are a lot of, there's some art uh, in these books too and I show them and I have a little spiel and I can do it mm-hmm. for anybody who wants me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, of course. And we'll have, you know, how to get in touch with you on the, um, the podcast page. Have you ever done any... Um, presentations like through a friends of the library group or because a lot of times a lot of libraries that have friends of libraries groups they'll have authors come talk and yeah I love libraries these books wouldn't have been possible without hours spent at libraries or looking at their photo archives online Mm -hmm. uh yes um I'm from Lexington and uh grew up going to that library Mm -hmm. a lot so the friends of the Lexington library have invited me and um, so many others. Uh, the Citadel Library, those, those, Elise has invited me a couple times, okay. and, and they've been wonderful. When the uh, South Carolina Book Festival yeah. existed, uh-huh. that was like the grand debut for, for Volume yep. 1. Yep, exactly. So um, we were there uh, then, and Pat Conroy was with us. Uh-huh. Ken Berger was with us he's passed away too Mm -hmm. dot jackson was with us she's also passed away so um we had a standing room only crowd and it was wonderful and and i'm sitting here thinking of the six of us on there the ones of us left are 
Sandra Johnson, Cindy Boyder, and me, because mm-hmm. Dot, Pat, and Ken have all passed yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. So, and that has been something nice about these books is when Pat died, I think the state newspaper ran his forward from State of the Heart because okay. it was sort of this all-encompassing why right. we love South Carolina. Mm-hmm. When Sam Morton died not too long after, uh, his piece was, some of it was used on the uh, the program mm-hmm. at his funeral and mm-hmm. uh, Rachel Haney passed away. Yep, that and was, uh, her that was piece, just in the last year, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and her, her piece about Camden, growing up in Camden, uh, ran in Columbia Living magazine, okay. I think. So in a way, some some of this has have have has or have <laughs> has become the writer's. I don't want to say final words, but maybe a lasting. Well, yeah, commentary. it's such a legacy. I mean, you know, to be able to have you know included them, and you know, some of them who are no longer with us. Yeah, this is this is part of part of that literary history which is, is great. It's important to have. Okay, so moving on. I oh, want to I talk, have to ask you, Curtis. Yes, go ahead. Where's your favorite place in South Carolina? My favorite place in South Carolina? Gosh, that's really a hard one. <laughs> I live out in Hopkins, and I really yeah. like Hopkins. I like Hopkins, Hopkins yeah. is a great little... It's happening out there. Great little place. I like Hilton Head. I like Kiowa. That's a nice beach. I'm a beach person, yeah. so yeah. that... Um, used to love Folly Beach because I lived in Charleston for a little while. Um, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and this relates to your, you know, South Carolina's favorite restaurants. But in um, down in um, Bluffton, Cahill's Market. Ooh. Oh, if you haven't been to Cahill's, you not. need to go down to Cahill's. Okay. It's a working farm. Oh, yeah. And it's like an upscale meet and three. And it is, I'll tell you. It is just. It's like, worth that it's, drive. It's worth that drive. Uh-huh. And on I ninety five, you can stop down in Walterboro at the Artisan Center. Yeah. And yeah. check it out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there's all kinds of uh-huh. all kinds of good stuff to to do and see. Um, but anyway, um, writing project, the writing South Carolina. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, writing South Carolina was the. Uh, dream of Stephen Lynn, who was my boss at the Honors College at the uh-huh. University of South Carolina. He's from Greer. He's dean of the Honors College, and he thought, why can't there be competition for writers like there is competition for sports? He thought at a baseball game, which he loves baseball and all uh-huh. sports, and he saw all the rah-rah, why can't we get um, young people interested in writing? So he started this contest in 2013 with Jonathan Haupt at the USC Press, Uh who got Pat Conroy to be the judge. Uh So the topic every year is how can we make South Carolina better, and it's open to high school juniors and seniors in the state. Public school, private school, home school. Mm -hmm. And so we get hundreds of submissions, Mm -hmm. and uh, Dean Lynn and I read them, Mm -hmm. and we choose which ones we think are the best, and those finalists come to USC and they hear our judge speak. Um, Our incoming judge is Elise Blackwell Mm -hmm. at USC. We're excited to have her. And uh, they see the treasures of the library, Mm -hmm. that great Gatsby (laughs) that they all read about. Uh And then they take an impromptu 40 minute writing exercise. Mm. And so the the judge picks, the judge Mm -hmm. picks that um, topic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the judge will decide who wins first, second, and third place. 
um, judging both the submission about how they can make South Carolina better and um, the impromptu topic. And what are the requirements? What are the rules of the contest? It, they have to cover their, they have to answer in 750 words, no more than 750 words, and they can be as creative as they want to be. We've mm-hmm. gotten poetry, plays, science fiction. Um, science fiction, the sci- really? We've got short stories. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, we have great writers here, and some of them are 16 and 17 years old. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We um, have juniors and seniors, and I remember the first place junior the first year um, went to Dreher High School, and her name is Hallie Chemetsky. Of course, she's in college now and probably graduated. Mm-hmm. She wrote uh, like a four-page poem, um, and she made the problem of how we can make South Carolina better mathematical. You're kidding. <clears throat> and and she and it it was a very mature poem in that she saw the good and bad of the state. Mm-hmm. She she had come to Columbia from the Midwest, I think. Both her parents were professors, so she grew up elsewhere, so she mm-hmm. kind of had these fresh eyes when she yeah. came here. And I think she she made a comment about Common Core. Mm. And there was a line about, and your my, your core is ever more common. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to make people make the point that you're worthy regardless of how you score. Mm. And and she talked about the not good things about the state, but then she would say, "But I've only been here a few months, and people are opening my doors for me, and they're you know people are so nice." Mm-hmm. And then her final stanza was one line, and and back to the whole addition subtraction mathematical mm. thing. It was subtract palmetto bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody, and for those of you out there in the world who don't know what a palmetto bug is, think of a cockroach. Right. <laughs> but kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> Flying around. Uh-huh. Splatting around. Uh-huh. They actually fly at you. I think yeah. they, can, you know, they can detect you're nearby and will try to hit you. <laughs> well, I lived in Savannah for a while, and one fell down right in my bed on mm-hmm. the pillow with me. Mm-hmm. I did squeak. Yeah, that's that's how they try to get you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I know we've talked um, a little bit about uh, libraries, but do you have any kind of library-related stories um, or how you've used libraries in your research for writing projects? Um, Mainly, I have used um, libraries, reference librarians. There's a retired reference librarian in Lexington, Ann Sessions. Yes, I know. You know, Uh Ann, she helped me so many times and a lot of times I just sort of have a random question uh-huh. she could lead me to a source that mm-hmm. was helpful mm-hmm. in terms of these uh, state of the heart books the writers would send me their copy and a lot of times I'd have to look for art to go with it okay. art or photographs mm-hmm. and at the uh, South Carolina Library at USC mm-hmm. um, uh, I would turn to the archivist there yeah so uh, Beth Bilderback has all for years has been helpful to me, and one of my favorite things to do is to go in there, and she'll have my carton of photographs and postcards ready. And that's a service. And I put on those <laughs> white gloves, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I have made the mistake of pulling out a pen, and she takes that pen away and says, right. "Use a pencil." <laughs> that's right. And um, so I actually counted in these books. There were eleven 
uh, historic photographs from the Carolinian Library mm-hmm. in this uh, in these three books, and I think they give such life and definition to mm-hmm. the series. Mm-hmm. I, and it's so much fun. I have gotten really obsessed with old photographs, and I will spend hours at night on my computer just going through the collections that they have in other libraries. Mm-hmm. The Pickens County Library, I was searching for photographs of the now-gone, long-burned Chapman's Covered Bridge mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Kiowee River, mm-hmm. and sure enough, they had several and I kept Very looking cool. at them, looking at which one is best, which one. And then mm-hmm. I got on this whole bridge campaign where I was looking at all these old bridges. And then you realize it's 2 a.m. And, and I've <laughs> lost my mind. That's right. I, I, I did lose my mind. That's funny. It was a fun way to lose my mind. Which is good, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's a South Carolina digital library. There is, and that's pulling from like the College of Charleston and Clemson and University of South Carolina, and here at the State Library. And you know, there are uh, all these smaller, medium-sized libraries that have their own digital collections. And there's just so much out there. It's it's crazy. And I think, you know, it's important to reiterate the importance of libraries because you cannot find everything you need just on Google. You know, I'm sure there's been some things that you might have looked for and then you went to a library and the librarian found it. And there's the Library of Congress, too, yeah. which I think has its own wealth of um, mm-hmm. photographs and artwork and mm-hmm. information. Yep, there have been a number of authors in here who have some, you know, really good Library of Congress stuff in, in their books. So, yeah. Um, Going back to writing SC, uh, when is the latest? Is the latest one just out? The uh, the book from year four that was 2016-17. Our judges were Pam Durban, who I mentioned earlier, and Nikki mm-hmm. Finney, the poet. Mm-hmm. That has just come out, so it's available for I think fourteen ninety five, mm-hmm. and USC Press uh, published it. We're, we're doing something different with volumes five and six in that the Honors College is going to self-publish mm. or publish those mm-hmm. books. They'll have a different cover, a, a little bit more photography, mm-hmm. and the students that I teach in an Honors um, editing and publishing course will be the editors. Okay, of that that's book. what I was going to ask you. Yeah. You've mentioned the Honors College, but not necessarily what you do there. And how long have you been with the Honors College? I, I, went, I think I started there... Uh, the December of 2013 okay. and my job was to run this high school writing contest and also to manage the writing and editing of the Honors College alumni magazine okay. or mini zine they call it really mm-hmm. short stories and mm-hmm. um, that comes out twice a year so between the writing contest which is kind of year-round the alumni magazine or mini zine that comes out twice a year and now teaching this course of students who will edit the book, and this is still a part-time job. <laughs> this is considered a part-time job. Right. So I'm trying to figure out how to how to do it all. Uh huh. But I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you know, all the stuff that you're putting out is, it's nice that it adds so much to to South Carolina's um, rich literary heritage. It's it's really important to to have. Well, we're a complicated state. Yeah. Well, what state isn't? I guess not. I got you right there. <laughs> uh, so what kind of other projects um, are you involved in or, or the things that you've got coming up? I am really hungry for a project. 
Really? I am. I don't have a, a big one right now. Um, I guess I'm gestating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's probably okay because I really am busy with my job. Mm-hmm. It's your, a lot of jobs. With your full-time, there. part-time job? My full-time, part-time <laughs> job. So um, I, I do like that whole aspect of surprise and discovery, which State of the Heart gave me, and actually mm-hmm. the writing South Carolina did too, just mm-hmm. to see how different people think and how different people write mm-hmm. and to honor what they think and write. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a fourth volume coming up? I don't. I wish I did. (laughs) I'm open to it. Uh, That would be cool. And so um, still continuing on with writing South Carolina, and that's going to be a continuous program as far as you know? Well, I asked my dean if he was going to retire. He says he's never going to (laughs) retire. So, And I don't see me retiring, so I guess he and I are in this. For the long haul. For the long haul. I tell him this is really his legacy because what mm-hmm. these students are writing, some of it is difficult, serious, beautiful material, and we've gotten thank you notes from the these finalists years later. Mm-hmm. They tell us how important this contest was to them, and mm-hmm. one student said that thanks to this contest, she had the confidence to not major in a STEM program at Clemson. Really? Everybody in her high school, I mean, they were pushing the STEM programs. Uh And when she was a finalist and came up here to our round two, she said that gave her the um, open-mindedness to Mm -hmm. think, I I don't have to do, I don't have to do the STEM. I can do what I want. Right. Yeah. Or I can do that and write and think. That's a wonderful compliment. Yeah. To know that you had that kind of, that project had that impact. Right. And I think that's just the nature of things. You don't know what impact you're having. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just do it with a good heart and a hopeful head. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, that's very cool. Well, I think, um, you know, it's wonderful, all of these uh, projects that you've got going on. And like I said, adds to South Carolina's rich literary heritage. So we're glad to see all of the great stuff that you're doing. And thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Curtis. Thank you and the State Library for all y'all do. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.